Welcome to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. This is Patrick Rao, Director of Strategy and Research for NGI. And today I'd like to kick off our takeaways from third quarter 2022 North American Natural Gas Value Chain Earnings Conference Calls by talking about a topic that never goes out of style, and that is U.S. production in both the short and long runs. U.S. natural gas production has trended higher in recent weeks in response to higher prices, and we note that EMPs do plan on adding some rigs and frat crews again next year in 2023. President Biden, well, he'd certainly like to see domestic oil and gas production increase, and he has even threatened to impose a windfall tax on producers as an incentive to produce more. Now, this development happened fairly late in the earnings cycle, earnings conference call cycle, excuse me. But naturally, those management teams that did comment on it weren't very happy. But even if such attacks were enacted, we know there are several headwinds that will likely hinder excessive production in the U.S. next year. Publicly traded producers, which we estimate account for roughly two-thirds of all U.S. natural gas production, they're guiding to another year of maintenance mode in 2023. So let's call it another year of low single-digit production growth for them. The private EMPs? They continue to be the wild card, and there were mixed opinions from companies as to whether they will grow or contract next year. Now, we think that there was fairly wide agreement that the larger privates will continue to grow, and the smaller ones will likely contract, but the net impact of that is fairly unclear. What we can say with more certainty, however, is that inflation continues to be a concern, and in some cases, it's becoming a major deterrent. For example, Land rigs are being priced at either side of $40,000 per day, which is the highest level since I started listening to oil field service calls on a regular basis about 15 years ago. Multiple firms all along the natural gas value chain expect inflation to be somewhere between 10 and 20% next year. And we believe that early estimates for overall North America CapEx spending in 2023 among producers is somewhere in the 15 to 20% range. So if you back out inflation from that, you just aren't left with a whole lot of growth capital. Other factors that could impede uh, too much growth of production next year, there are labor shortages, supply chain issues, and perhaps most influential of all, super spec rigs and the best frack equipment, they're all essentially sold out. BP even flat out stated it's really the supply chain that's choking activity right now, and they won't ramp up production if they don't have a secure supply chain at reasonable prices. I think that that's a mantra being uh, adopted by many producers these days. Now, based on oil field service company commentary, we believe that maybe another 50 rigs and 20 frat crews are added to the U.S. total next year, and most of those will be being brought out of stack. Now, those totals, that's not nothing, but it's certainly a far cry from the nearly 200 rigs that have been added so far in 2022. Furthermore, ducks, drilled but uncompleted wells, were at their lowest level in nearly 10 years, so probably not going to get too much of a boost from those. Now, look, more rigs and crews could come back into service than those figures I just cited, but the deeper into the stack you get, 
the more expensive it becomes to reactivate them. And the more they start approaching what would it cost to build new rigs. And I can't think of a single driller or pressure pumping company out there that's looking to build new rigs these days. Here's something else to consider. You've also got more EMP companies about to start paying cash taxes. And that was actually a big topic during earnings calls this quarter. The alternative minimum tax of 15% that was put into the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, this accelerates the timeline for some. What that does, it just leaves less free cash activity for drilling and completion activity, everything else being equal. Now know this, the latest consensus estimate on Bloomberg calls for a 60% chance of a recession in the United States over the next year. But oil field service companies, they don't appear to be too worried about that given the tightness at the market. But keeping that as a backdrop, remember that we at NGI, we're not in the business of forecasting prices, but we know that even with a relatively tame growth production next year, demand may have difficulty keeping up, particularly industrial demand if that recession hits. Exports have been the big driver of demand in recent quarters, and the United States will see a full year of LNG from Kakashu Pass and Sabine Train 6 in 2023, and should see mostly a full year of production at Freeport as well. But there aren't any new trains coming online in the U.S. next year, and maintenance, both scheduled and unscheduled, following extremely high run rates the last six-plus quarters, could impact that. Plus, rising production in both Mexico and Canada, that's likely going to impede pipeline exports as well. So when it comes down to it, and I hate to say this because it's the easiest thing to point to, but the wild card for demand next year, it's winter weather this current winter season. and that's just too tough to predict. I mean, if anything, we learned that lesson last year. We had a really slow start to winter, then it got unbelievably cold at the very end. The lower 48 does continue to eat into the storage deficit to last year. And if recent production gains stick, that means that colder than normal winter becomes all the more paramount for the demand side of things next year. Okay, before I address longer-term EMP inventory levels, which was the other part of the title of this podcast, I just want to say a few quick words about potential production growth from Publix after the year 2023. Now, until they say otherwise, they'll likely continue to be in maintenance mode, but there are a number of reasons that could lead to some of them, some of the Publix, to bump up production by more than their stated individual maximums of 5% in any given year. Obviously, any actual windfall tax could impact that if that were to pass. But as private activity falls, some of the publics could take up the slack. We could also see some extra production to supply foreign markets via LNG in the years ahead, which could push up production from some of the bigger publics particularly. We note that producer balance sheets are in far better shape than they were just a few years ago. So producers won't have the same financial burden to service their debt as they did before. And finally, there's the issue of core inventory exhaustion, particularly in the Marcellus, and that could open up pipeline capacity for some of the larger publics. And they may, they may in fact, be called upon to pick up any resulting decline in production because of a, a drop in the, the core inventory. Okay, that last point is actually the perfect segue into my other topic, and again, that is E&P drilling inventory, and that was easily one of the most mentioned and questioned topics by sell-side analysts this quarter. Investors are becoming more focused on the quality, depth, and predictability of inventory. 
Now, look, this didn't used to be an issue back in the outspend free cash flow days, but it's becoming far more of a concern among investors now amid the new producer mantra of capital discipline. And that's really the trade-off, right? Lower CapEx leads to high returns in invested capital for producers, but it can translate to less investment into building inventories. And obviously, inventory is very important because that's the lifeblood of DMP companies. And it also determines how long producers will be able to do things like pay dividends, et cetera, which is becoming the new key ask from the investment community. Another reason for concern is inventory exhaustion, something I just talked about a moment ago. And chatter is definitely picking up among investors here, particularly for private operators, whom we estimate represent roughly a third of total U.S. gas production. In the United States, rigs are getting added at a much slower pace these days, which we believe is being led by the private producers. Inventory is another reason we expect another big round of M&A activity, especially when oil and gas prices turn south. I mean, look, this is a cyclical business, so it's going to happen at some point. As long as publicly traded producers remain in pure maintenance mode or stick to their pledge to not go production by more than, say, 5% in any one year, that will stretch out supplies. But on the other hand, we are hearing more and more talk about high grading or producers focusing on their very best acreage. Pioneer Resources and ConocoPhillips both discuss that, for example. We believe a major reason that publicly traded producers either are focusing on or are likely to focus more on their best acreage is that that allows publics to accomplish two major goals at the same time. One is staying within their 5% production bands, and the other is maximizing returns in an effort to achieve positive returns on invested capital. And that is the number one ask of the investor community these days. But look, here's the rub. High grading will lead to core inventory exhaustion all that much more quickly. And combined with the expected surge in LNG exports later this decade, this could lead to having to drill lesser quality and higher cost acreage sooner. And that would put upward pressure on future gas prices, everything else being equal. Similarly, operators are putting more emphasis on co-developing different bases in the Appalachia region in particular. Now, this happens more routinely in the Permian, which, of course, has many different producing layers or zones, but not so much in the Appalachia. Chesapeake Energy and Cotera Energy are both planning to develop the lower and the much less drilled upper Marcellus simultaneously going forward in an effort to maximize returns. Now, look, that may not be any indication that these two companies in particular are starting to see core inventory exhaustion, and we certainly don't mean to imply that. But on a lateral foot basis, the upper Marcellus is somewhat less economic than the lower Marcellus. So more of this type of activity by other operators in the Marcellus may be a signal that core inventory exhaustion is getting closer. If so, undergoing this type of co-development activity now, especially while producers are enjoying record free cash flows, we think that's a prudent move. Okay, I know that was a lot of material, and I think I'll stop at that for now. As a reminder... We write about supply and demand factors each day in our daily gas price index and Mexico gas price index services. And we thank all of you who subscribe to those. And for anybody wishing to subscribe, we ask that you visit our website at www.naturalgasintel.com for more information, including how to sign up for a free trial. Hey, the holidays are coming, and depending on when you're listening to this, they may be here already. As such, we wish you the very best holiday season and health and happiness in the coming year. Thanks again for your time today. And until next time, take care.
Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.